Hello, everybody. Welcome to Talk the Walk here on Bosch Network. I'm your host, the Enlightened Insider, and your camp counselor, Eddie V. Joining me is the Firewatch herself, Mr. Celeste Roberts, back in the building. I'm so happy to be back, and now you're already making me go to a new job in Wyoming. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> we also got our camp counselor, Mr. Shane Kelly. Hello. How are you all today? Doing good. And another camp counselor, Mr. Stephanie Klima. How's everybody doing? Over and out. <laughs> 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 Where's that bucket of it. water? <laughs> I love it. Yes, everybody. We are back together to talk walking simulators, and we're starting the year off our return with Firewatch. Everybody's been asking us for this game to be discussed. Uh, people are excited. And we had to come together to actually do this game. Now, it took me a while to get through Firewatch because I had it for years and I was just like, do I start this or do I hold off to it? Uh, but, you know, for Talk the Walk, I was just like, you know what? Let me get into this game. And uh, I played it. I have thoughts. We all have thoughts <laughs> about this game. Uh, and we're going to present them to you in a really good discussion because I, I will say this game is something that I feel like everybody should try. It's a game that everybody should play. Uh, what you get out of it will be up to you. Uh, we'll discuss that a little bit later on. But I have to say, uh, welcome everybody. Welcome Stephanie, Shane, and Celeste. How have you guys been? It's been a long time. We haven't get, had a chance to catch up. Uh, Celeste, what has been up with you? Oh, well, I'm sure everybody knows at this point, but I had a, a little bout with Mother Nature in August of 2021, but everything is pretty much okay now. I'm, I'm very thankful for my friends with Boss Rush Network and Other Zelda Podcast, all my friends in real life and virtually. And I'm so excited to finally talk about Firewatch because I adore this game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Shane, how have you been? Well, I've been pretty well. Um, uh, our company that I work for is transitioning to a new company. So uh, by the end of the month here, uh, probably be under a new name. Uh, we'll see how that goes, see what insurance is and all that good stuff. So um, last night we did a little movie um, outside with the projector. Nice. We had a fire and we had Reese's, the thin Reese's peanut butter cup s'mores those were great hot dogs all that so it was it was a good good evening so we watched uh was it uh annie um the newer one with cameron diaz and uh ah. yeah it was it was good stephanie how have you been been all right work's been terrible but other than that things have been good i finished ghost of tsushima nice um, I took my son to the carnival, and <laughs> I am ready to play Stray when it comes out on Tuesday. <laughs> I think we all are. Uh, Cat lovers a, unite. Stray is a game that is, let me rephrase that. Stray is a non-Nintendo game that majority of Boss Rush is into and excited to play. Uh, so I definitely am excited. Uh, for me, uh, just getting ready for inventory at my job, and mm -hmm. uh, Playing Life is Strange 2 um, before nice. I 
get get into the other games and just enjoy the summer, which is why Firewatch is kind of a great game to play right now because it kind of you know takes place in the summer. Um, but before we get into discussion, just want to give you guys a trigger warning that we are going to be discussing um, alcoholism, death, memory loss, and caretaking. So if those things are you know triggering for triggering for you um you know please stop the podcast or you know if you decide to listen to it please take a break um and you know do what you need to do to like relax you and calm you or anything um so let's get into firewatch um this is a game from uh campo seto uh, and it was published by Panic and Camposeto. Uh, the directors were Ali Moss and Shah Vanaman, and they're the ones that uh, created this game. Uh, the game is a adventure game uh, that was released in February 2016 for Microsoft Windows, OS X, Linux, and PlayStation 4. Uh, it came out to Xbox One in September 2016 and for Nintendo Switch in December 2018. Um, the story follows a fire lookout named Henry in the Shoreshaw National Forest a year after the Yellowstone fires of 1988. A month after his first day at work, strange things began happening to him and his supervisor, Delilah, which connects to a conspiracy mystery that happened years ago. And uh, we're going to get more into that. So, um, this game, <laughs> I I was just shocked to play this game. You know, just the way that the game opens. Um, and to explain some of the gameplay, uh, this is a first-person walking simulator with elements of mystery, and where you can choose different dialogue or even choose not to respond in some instances. Um, and this somewhat affects your relationship with your superior, but not the overall story. There are only two possible endings to the game. Uh, you can pick up and interact with objects. Uh, there is a map that you can use any compass to navigate the world, which I would definitely talk about. Um, uh, and the setting is Wyoming uh, that this takes place, and it's specifically two forks sector in the Shoreshaw National Forest. Uh, and our major characters is Harry who is the protagonist from Border, uh, Colorado, who assumes a summer fire watch position. And when the game starts, you are reading text, and it introduces you as Henry, and you lay your eyes upon a pretty girl, which is named Julia. Um, you make some decisions through that area. Uh, in the end, Julia becomes your wife. Um, I'm going to start with you, Stephanie. What did you think of the strip, just the co-open of the game before it actually starts, shows the title? Yeah, it was, um, it really threw me off guard, not necessarily in a, a bad way, but this is part of the reasons why I really enjoyed Firewatch, because it just has a very unique way of introducing the game and subtly... I don't know, just making you feel feel slightly uneasy almost the entire time. I don't know if you guys got that little bit of a feeling. So I just kind of was a little like, yeah, caught off guard is probably my number one kind of way to describe it. But it really just kind of sets up, you know, everything. And I think it also kind of helps you, the player, kind of figure out how you want to interact with other characters later on in the game. Okay. What about you, Shane? 
Well, I think immediately it, it really um, draws you in because of the, the whole dementia thing, um, how it just plays at, on your heartstrings and it's, you know, pulls you in immediately because you don't know what's going to happen because of this. And I think uh, it sets up the tone of the entire game because of what Henry is dealing with. So plus, I didn't know when I played it um, what it was actually about. I I thought it was like some kind of walking sim where I'd have to go put out fires. And mm-hmm. it, it really was not what I expected. And I'm, I'm actually much more happy that it was what it what it is. So. Okay. And you, Celeste? So the first time I saw this game was in 2016. My boyfriend played it for a little bit. And I was watching him. And then I didn't play it all the way through and on my own until 2019. And then I replayed it a few weeks ago for this Talk the Walk. And just um, a little behind the curtain, when I played this game, it was a few months after my maternal grandfather passed away. So the caretaking aspect and the memory loss aspect really hit me, even though it wasn't a romantic relationship. He you know, wasn't with my partner. Seeing someone or reading about someone going through that in the game was very heartbreaking. It hit me very hard. And I love how at the beginning of the game, if you've ever seen Up, have you all seen mm. Up? Yes. You know, the, it, it kind of reminded me of that where the first eight minutes, it, it, they show the blissful aspects. And then if you've never seen Up, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna That's a really good compar- comparison there. So. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. With the, and then the sadness. But what's also cool is you make these decisions like what kind of dog do you want? What do you say to Julia? Uh, do you encourage her to take a job elsewhere? But you also flash into present day through Henry's first person perspective where he's entering Shoshone National mm-hmm. Park. So it, that's it's really cool. It's a good callback to what happened to him and his current situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, th- my thing was when I started the game, uh, reading and making choices and everything, I, I kind of realized that they, for a lot of the choices that you make, they only give you just that one choice to proceed. And then at times you get to choose uh, those choices. Uh, to really see that they start the game out the gate with you being an alcoholic. And then it seems that as time goes on and the beginning, you and uh, Julia are both pretty much just alcoholics because y'all going to the bar, y'all drinking a lot. And it's it's kind of feel like during that time, that era, that it's just a you were young and, you know, drinking was the thing to do with friends. And as as things go on and you start making choices and Julia uh gets um gets her dementia which was kind of weird because I feel like the dementia part was just thrown in to change the tone of the story. You know, it it didn't it it didn't build gradually or anything. It kind of just felt like okay we gotta give her something so something could happen so we could progress on why or, or or set up on why he's taking this job mm. um and you just go there but i because there is a choice where you are able to be like okay i could put her in a home or i could take care of myself and uh at that point i was just like you know what i'm going to 
be greedy and of course i'm gonna be like i'm taking care of myself i'm not putting her no home or anything i'm not trying to give her help um i i i kind of felt like i could make her better uh but then later on it kind of feels like her parents came and snatched her uh took her away from me and i was just like well i guess i gotta go do this job and everything and it goes from there um for it so uh henry and julia <laughs> yeah um and julia you know she, you start seeing signs of her dementia. Uh, she's snapping on uh, another person because of some research that she was uh, working on, and she had forgot that she gave part of her research to this other person, um, and because she thought that they stole it and everything. And it was just like, oh wow, just like how 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 does someone this smart who is you know into science or whatever she was researching. How did she not know that she was having dementia? And why didn't they go in and get help early for it? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because um, even though, you know, I'm, I'm really just more specialized in medicine, like pharmaceuticals than di diagnosing, but early onset dementia does happen, but it's still incredibly rare. And what ages ages did, did, did 41 like 41 so it's like really kind of on the line like that's really early and so mm -hmm. not to say that's impossible right like this is mm -hmm. it, it can happen so but yeah at first it was a bit jarring for me because it just i i mean when i when i think early onset i think of like my grandmother that passed away that maybe got it in her early seven well that's not mm -hmm. really early onset but like i don't know i'm it's not mm -hmm. common um, and then part of me debated in my head, like at first I thought, wow, what a jerk leaving his wife behind to go to the woods. But then on the other hand, I don't have a spouse at a 41 who's undergoing this condition, which is mm -hmm. extremely taxing, like mentally, psychologically. So like I felt kind of split on the, you know, how this played out. It, it was interesting because I, I feel like it's also a lot of people have denial on, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of older people that I know don't want to go to the doctor, you know. Uh -huh. So may, maybe that, you know, this is the '80s. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's just how they were. They didn't want to go in, or maybe, maybe yeah. they were avoiding it, or you know, something like that. Um, or maybe she saw the signs, and Henry didn't see them at first, and maybe she, hey, maybe she forgot about that that she had these signs, and that because it was so severe, um, and never told them you know. so maybe other people who worked with her more often had to notice these things so it's funny you will mention that because last year someone was telling me they knew a, a fellow who started showing signs of dementia at age 25. wow mm. so but yeah that is jarring and mm -hmm. gosh there there are so many um i love games like this because it makes you question your moral compass and i love revisiting these games at different points in your life because mm -hmm. your opinion might change. Oh yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I just want to also credit the voice actor who plays Henry uh, by Rich Sommer. Um, he, he's the voice that you'll hear throughout the game uh, with the other character, Delilah, who was voiced by Sissy Jones. She's Henry's supervisor who, uh, who firewatches from the Though a fair lookout. Oh, uh, let's set up. Let's set up why he's there, though. We gotta, we gotta. Oh, yes. Got a yes. segue. 
So uh, <laughs> let us get into that. Um, in the spring of 1989, after his wife develops early onset dementia, Harry takes a job as a fire lookout in Shoreshone National Forest, Wyoming. On his first day, Delilah, Sissy Jones, a lookout in another watchtower, contacts him via walkie-talkie and asks him to investigate illegal fireworks by the lake. So, um, you know, he decides to take up this job um, kind of, you know, to take his mind off of Julia. She's in uh, Australia right now, by the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Her, her family got mm-hmm. her. No matter what your decision is, no matter if you decide to take care of her or put her in an assisted living facility, she, her family comes over and takes her home. Yes. Yeah, he kind of, he has in his truck, he has his bag, uh, which was weird because he did it. The when you look at the truck, the back part of it is open, and it's just like, how far did you drive from where you was at? Because I'm thinking that the bag is gonna fall off the truck, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just like, oh, it's it's there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, he gets there. Uh, he uh, you start going through a two mile, I believe, a two mile. Um, Hike? Two day, two day hike. Oh, two day hike. Mm-hmm. What the heck was he hiking for two days to get it somewhere? Took, it takes two days to get there because at one part he does set up camp at night. Yeah. Yeah. That's I wish it had been two miles. I'm sure he would have preferred a two mile yeah. hike. I mean, you you must really <laughs> want to escape your life if you're willing to hike two days to get to your new job. Yeah, I'm just like, I was thinking that the tower would have like a parking space. Mm-hmm. I guess it's for the, I mean, I'm not a, a park ranger, but I guess it's also to preserve the, the wilderness aspect. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> I was, well, I was wondering, why don't they just drop him off of the helicopter and then he could have walked from Delilah, met Delilah, and then walked to his tower but i guess that defeats the purpose of the game maybe it's like a trial like are you are you prepared for this job are you prepared to sit and look at the sky to see if there are fires yeah yeah so i want to ask you guys celeste i want to start with you what was your reaction to me and delilah were you like kind of happy go uh meeting her you know being respectful or were you Kind of just like, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be a bit evil to her. You know, what was your reaction to her? So to, to clarify <clears throat> for people listening, you don't, you don't see her. It's strictly through your walkie-talkie when, when you meet her, quote-unquote. And she's she has a very, um, if you've liked the show Frasier, she sounds like Roz a little bit. Mm-hmm. She has that very um, fun, happy-go-lucky. I find her a little sexy. I really like her voice. I really love Sissy Jones' voice. Delilah's funny. She pokes fun at Henry. She'll even say, what do you look like? I'm sketching you. When I, I was kind of wondering, I wonder if she's going to be a temptress for him. Is she going to be yet another distraction for Henry? Um, not in a bad way because I, again, am not in that situation, but I was kind of wondering what is their relationship going to be like? And I was kind of wondering also, what does she look like? Um, but to be evil to her? No, no. Um, I was kind of amused by her. I thought, oh, this this is a good distraction. She's fun. Okay. What about you, uh, Stephanie? 
I would say I was pretty much on the same uh, page with Celeste. Like I was delighted by her personality. Dare I say it's probably a bit refreshing if I were to put myself in Henry's shoes. Like, okay, I'm isolated. I'm here to be with my thoughts. But at the same time, it's never going to be completely <clears throat> alone all the time. So just have like someone to just have silly banter with um, through the walkie talkie. I'm like, how how bad can it be? Well, obviously, you know, it like there goes the maybe can be kind of like a, a tempting kind of thing. But I, I picture they're both separated by faraway towers. So it's like, you know what? It's just a person to keep me company. We'll see where this goes. So like just and we'll get to more parts later, but I kind of took almost like a middle path where like, I don't think I ever was a real jerk to her. Um, and I would kind of like lightly flirt back, but not like not, none of the, the really big stuff, but I'll just stop there. All right, Shay, what about you? Uh, I was probably 50-50, you know. You, I kind of want to do my own personality projected on there. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would try to be as polite as possible, but you know, some, sometimes it's edging. You don't want to, select that certain thing because maybe or maybe for yourself you don't want to do that you know but i i think for henry if you're thinking about henry he's um you know he's probably talking to doctors all day trying to you know figure out what's happening with his wife and he you know just uh, discussing things with family and all that and it probably is taxing so to actually have a discussion with an adult uh that doesn't know your problems is probably um therapeutic so i think um just that banter um uh, is probably relieving for henry and uh for the player themselves too because maybe they're going through something uh similar who knows yeah like for me my first playthrough i was just nice to her you know getting to know her and like kind of being respectful and everything and you know laughing it up with her until um some things start happening um which we'll dive into uh because kind of like the first situation in this game is some fireworks that are going off illegally in the forest preserve um the lila catches wind of it and um she kind of cuts the introduction short and she sends you on your way uh she wants you to go get some rope from uh, these boxes that you have to use a code, like a four-digit code, to unlock. And you get to the first one. She tells you it's one, two, three, four. You unlock it. And then you continue to go on your route to find the girls or find um, the fireworks. You put your rope in, and as you're crawling down, the rope breaks. And you go, ugh, you know, a big thud. But you are right, and you start uh, going on. Um, at the at this point, this is when you kind of meet uh, these two girls, but you still don't see them. They're far away, um, and their name is Chelsea and Li- uh, Lily. Uh, and in the game, they're the ones that cause like some kind of trouble for Harry. Um, you end up going to this river that they're in, and you see two shadows in the back. Uh, and, you know, you could confiscate their booze that they were drinking or, you know, you could just leave it there. But as you're going, you get to start seeing um, panties in a bra. <laughs> so they kind of went skippy, skinny dipping in the game. And Harry is, is kind of uh, scared to tell Delilah, be like, I, 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 I have 
some panties in my hair. And the lights like, what? She's just like, I don't want to say it again. So it's it's kind of weird, like kind of making you uncomfortable. Um, and then you meet the girls that's far away, and you kind of you could threaten them or you could warn them, hey, you're not supposed to do this and stuff. Uh, and their response to you is that you are a pervert. Uh, and the more. Um, what did you think about these two? Because something happens to them later on in the game. But what did you guys think about these two characters? Shane, I'm going to go with you. Well, first off, you're in the wilderness, and then all of a sudden there's people there. So it's it's kind of surprising. Uh, taken back, you you wander um, upon them and, and see them, and you're t- kind of taken back because they're – you know, almost yelling at you for being a pervert. So um, mm-hmm. you're just trying to do your job. You're in the, you know, maybe the wrong place at the wrong time. But uh, you kind of assume that maybe that they're uh, there just to have fun. And uh, maybe you should just leave it at that and walk away. So. Okay. What about you, Sadess? I like their radio. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. You can be a jerk and you can toss it off or you can just let it keep playing. It's playing some generic teeny bopper song. I I think it's hilarious. And come on, you're in the Shoshone National Park. You should not be firing off fireworks. I mean, it's dry. You could cause a lot of problems. It reminds me of those baby reveal, gender reveal parties that people have now. Oh, yeah where they feel the need to up the theatrics of it. And some people have died. Some people have caused massive fires. But it's, it's kind of weird to see that because in comparison, this is Henry and Julia in their early years on how they were young, drinking, having fun, having the time of their lives. And these girls are doing the same thing, but not because Henry is older and he has a job. He's responding to it authoritatively, in a sense. Because he's getting paid to do that. That's his job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty, I don't know, I, I can't speak for Hen- like Henry's past, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't in danger of setting an entire you know, you know, forest on fire. So no, mm-hmm. no, no, they had just had that big fire the year before. I don't think they wanted another one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, like I came in like all like I was pissed. I was like, because <laughs> I was because on the way you see like little bits of trash. I reported mm-hmm. everything because you have an option. Me too. To report it. I was like, there's this beer can here. There's this like, I don't know, like everything I report. I was getting so mad. And I saw those like teenagers. And but I thought it was funny because I'm like a a a, a cis not this man cis fe, cis female thirty something years old playing this game, but you're playing like a full grown man. I feel like it's different, right? Like mm-hmm. if a guy like if I went there, I, I mean no no offense, I, I doubt the girls would call me a pervert. But as Henry, they're obviously more likely to call. Does that make sense? Am I yeah. saying that correctly? Yes. So like, yeah. I took person. This is where I jumped out of character. I felt personally offended. I'm like, I'm not a pervert, and I got so mad. I threw their radio in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Were you like you, you little shits? <laughs> I did. I broke their radio. I'm like, I was mad. I was like, don't you call me a pervert? <laughs> but I, I, I know for me, it's because of their thinking from where well, they're already drunk. 
but because they don't have no clothes on, they're skinny dipping. A male is seeing these yeah, teenage yeah. girls. Uh, they're they're naked. in a national park. There's a risk that someone's going to see you naked. There, it's a, it's open. It's public domain. You can go. Anybody can go walk at any time. They're the ones who were silly enough to take off their clothes and leave themselves vulnerable to other eyes that could yeah. see them. I mean, don't get mad at Henry. He's just doing his job. You're, you're, they're the ones setting off the fireworks. No one would have found them if they hadn't been setting off fireworks. Yes. So uh, Chelsea and Lily disappear, and you make your way back to the camp, uh, or actually to your tower, um, and you go a different route. Um, and like I said earlier, you can't collect their booze or and stuff. So you go and uh, you you get in there, and that's day one. Um, but there is a particular point of the game that um, an area, when you get to it, you kind of see that there is a gate that's locked, that's closed. And you're just like, huh, okay. As a player, you'd be like, okay, I may come back to that later on in the game. What do you guys think of that initially? Because I was getting like Area 51 vibes. I'm like, what if they're like oh. aliens here? Oh. <laughs> um, gosh, uh, the locked gate. Um, gosh, I, I was wondering what kind of secrets are in this forest. What does someone not want me to find out? Mm -hmm. So you say locks mean secrets mm -hmm. in a game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, a, and a national public park. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but um, while you're going through the cave, there is a shadowy figure. So there is someone there, but you probably won't know it because you're just making your way back to um, your camp. Uh, when you actually get there, it is ransacked, um, and you think it's the girls, which is kind of weird that the girls just disappeared, you know, from skinny dipping. How the heck yeah. did they, like, get to your tower and you had to go all the way around like Just, what kind of yeah. magical bars do they have yeah there, there's no way uh <laughs> it was some it you know definitely someone else because no way they would have got their clothes back on and able to get back to the tower when when henry was dir directly going back to the the tower there's Right, not exactly. only get there, but trash it and leave. Yep, mm -hmm. and take his sheets and everything, so. Yes. Well, uh, the next day, Delilah asks Henry to investigate a down communication line. He finds the cut with a note apparently signed by the teens. He and Delilah plot to scare the girls off, but when he finds the girls' campsite ransacked and abandoned, they begin to worry. Um so now this is kind of the story is progressing and it gets into its mystery uh with it um thus on this section i'm gonna start with you celeste so the first time i played it i i was actually getting very uneasy like stephanie mentioned earlier i i was wondering is someone going to attack me will i eventually need to use a weapon to defend myself at some point in the music in the game. So I, I didn't mention this earlier, but the first time I played this, I did not do this. But the second time I played it for this episode, I did the audio tour with yes. the 
with the developers and you can pick up little cassettes and listen to them as you walk around that it, I don't, don't listen to those the first time you play it because you're going to have major spoilers. Listen to it the second time. Absolutely fascinating. And they talk about how they purposely amp up the music, the conductor, the composer mm -hmm. talks at certain parts, but yeah, I got kind of, I was getting really nervous at this part. Uh, what about you, Stephanie? Yep, same. Um, I think part of it was maybe it was a bear attack, right, or something, because mm -hmm. there were, I forget, claw marks or something. Mm -hmm. But obviously, as I was, you know, going through it, I'm like, yep, this is what happens when I yell at these kids, and they're going to be dead somewhere, and then I was the last person to see them. Like, I just felt so, I was like, oh, go figure. <laughs> like, of course, this would happen to me. And then I'm going, okay, what if it's that shadowy figure? What if there's, like, this serial killer here or aliens because i still don't know what's behind that fence so i'm like oh this bleep is getting real yes i know for me i uh, when i got to the part with the girls and seeing everything ransacked i i was just like oh yeah there might have been a bear tag but then they were able to leave a full written note on there <laughs> on their own on their uh on their tent that was messed up i'm like wait a minute where did the time y'all have time to find some paper and leave a note here and everything i i was just like okay something's happening um and i i, I was just like okay the girls couldn't have ransacked uh <clears throat> his place Henry couldn't uh, uh, ransack their place. So there has to be, there's a, another person that's here. There's a, a bigger mystery going on uh, with that. Uh, Shane, what did you think about the section? So I think it's interesting that the, the line was cut. I don't, I don't know. I don't think two teenage girls would go up and cut a right. random wire not knowing what it is. And A, it could electrocute you. Um, so... Then following cans of beer to the to their pretty much their tent, uh, it's almost like they were Hansel and Gretel all the way to that spot to read the note. And you know, you could blame a bear, but I I don't know. It, it seemed planned, so that's how I took it. Um, and immediately I thought of the the guy you see up on the ridge uh, yeah. because hey, he's already there. Your place got you know, window smashed and stuff stolen. So uh, putting those two things together, it's like, no, it's not. I don't think it's the girls uh, doing this. And I, you know, I obviously didn't do it. So something else has to be going on here. So. Well, when, as you're, you know, trying to get back to your area after the wire cut, um, you find an old backpack and a disposable camera belonging to a boy named Brian Goodwin who the line explains was the son of Ned, a former lookout. Ned was an outdoorsman who drank heavily due to his traumatic experiences in the Vietnam War, while his son Brian enjoyed fantasy novels and role-playing games. Though it is against the rules for employees to bring their children to the towers, the line was fond of Brian and lied about his presence. He and Ned apparently left abruptly and never returned. The teenage girls are uh, later reported missing. And fearing this inquiry, this inquiry, Delilah falsifies reports to say that neither she nor Henry encountered the girls. And you get that option 
of should we lie or not with this? Oh, I was uh, absolutely reporting the missing. I, I couldn't sleep at night if I didn't report them missing. Yes. Uh, so, Shayla, I'm going to start with you. <clears throat> Anything about this session stood out to you? So, it, it's very, I, I want to say, alarming to me that my supervisor does not want to report this. Uh, it's kind of scared of the cops. Um, and then already knowing that she lied to let uh, another watch um, tower personnel let them keep their son at this tower who's 12 years old and not report that either seems kind of strange so that almost to me starts to um, think that Delilah knows that um, Ned is there uh, this this watchtower guy so that starts you know spiraling you know for me different um, conspiracies so from that point on I didn't know if I could trust Delilah so We'll continue as we go. I'll, I'll give you more ideas of why I think Delilah might be lying. So, okay, uh, I kind of felt like okay. Now we're getting to the nitty gritty. I, this is where I feel like the story is not the story of the game is now rolling. That it, you know, yep. everything is set up. We got our characters. There's this mystery that our places both got ransacked. But who's doing it? What's going on? So we need to find out, you know, this is kind of the mystery of it. Um, now, before we go on, there was a question posed to us. Uh, did you guys take any photos in the game? Celeste? Did I take any photos? Oh, yeah, you do find a camera in this backpack that belonged to Brian Goodwin. Um, the first time I played this game, and I'm not going to say too much because we're going to discuss other <clears> stuff later. I treated it as though I were documenting everything that was happening, like I was mm. a detective, so to speak. The second time I played it, knowing what I know, I was like, oh, I'm a tourist. Oh, look at this pretty sunset. Oh, look at this lake. Oh, look at this tree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, what about you, Stephanie? Did you take any photos? I did take a few. I Because I'm like, all right, they're giving me a camera for a reason. I'm like... Maybe it'll, I don't know, like it, it's, it, they kind of left it open-ended. So like every once in a while, if I saw something really cool or like certain things I found out later that, I don't know if I needed proof or something, like maybe I needed to collect enough proof at the end and maybe it'll determine my kind of ending. So I did take it out from time to time. Sometimes I'd kind of forget, um, mm -hmm. just me kind of, because quick history, like when I played this game, I did kind of go a little bit of time in between each, in between each playthrough. So sometimes I'd kind of forget that I had it, but. Mm -hmm. you know, I was mindful of like if it'll impact my ending. Uh, I know for me, I didn't use it. I didn't take no photos. I'm like, what the heck I'm gonna do with a disposable camera? Uh, if I, I feel like if I was gonna use it to take pictures, it's just to get the achievement on the Xbox merch. It's the it same. Uh, same with you, uh, Shay. Yeah, I. One of my, I there's two things I don't like in games: taking pictures uh, for. <laughs> I especially like games that are just full blown taking pictures. Like I don't know. I was trying to think of some like that. What is Toem the... is a new game. Beyond Good and Evil, you have to take. Yes, pictures. I like that game, yeah. but still, I didn't like taking pictures. Um, even uh, in Wind Waker, I didn't like to use the camera. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, I I immediately saw that there was an achievement because I played it on Steam, and I'm like, okay, what do I got to do? Okay, 
click, 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 click. I just took pictures of random stuff and left it at that. So um, maybe that's just a bad way to to enjoy my time in Firewatch. But um, if I, I guess if I don't enjoy that mechanic, I want to get it out of the way. It's like eating uh, Lucky Charms and eating all the, uh, you know, just the cereal portion and then saving the marshmallows for the end. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love that analogy, Shane. Now yeah. I want some Lucky Charms. <laughs> Well, uh, Stephanie, what did you think of this whole section? The part, I'm sorry, so just where... Uh, uh, where, like... Um, Whether or not we reported on the situation, or... Yeah, we finding out uh, the, uh, more characters, and then finding out the girls were missing. So, I kind of took a non-traditional uh, route here, where I want... I feel like I would get a little bit more of an exciting kind of turn or twist if I chose to like not report it and kind of see what's happening and be my own detective. So um, I like that idea. I like that approach. I mean, I would never really not do that in real life. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I wonder what's going to happen. You know. What about you, Celeste? Oh, I reported it. Again, I could not sleep at night. I mean, I get it, Stephanie, but I, I'm kind of like Shane. I think we all do, like, I put myself <laughs> into the character. And um, so I, I don't know if we mentioned this, but you, you, as you talk with Delilah through the radio, you can usually pick different dialogue, but you kind of have to be fast. And if you're not fast yes. enough, there's yes. a default. Like, it, I don't know if it just picks one, but that could be a little annoying because yeah. you don't always have time Same. to pick what you want to say. Or especially if you're doing the audio tour at the same time, you're like, wait, wait, I'm trying to listen to the developers, but I'm also trying to hear what Delilah is saying. <laughs> yes. Well, also um, real quick, sorry, okay. I'm like, because sorry, I'm like, my mind is buffering. Maybe I need another cup of coffee. But <laughs> part of me was also speak because Shane reminded me of it. Maybe I, my character, or me thinking about my characters in denial, like those girls will turn up. They'll totally turn up. They're just messing oh. with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I uh. Let's see. What what did we think about Ned and Brian at the, from the first oh, glance of oh, this? Oh, uh, Celeste got some so many, words. So many things. Okay, <laughs> Celeste. Oh God. Um. I, so I, ooh, I don't want to say too much because they're a huge part of the plot. Mm-hmm. But initially, yeah. uh. Okay, when I saw Brian's backpack, like I was I was getting a little worried. Like, why did they leave in such a rush? Yeah, I, I thought the same thing, and I'm like, why would you leave your awesome homemade D and D game called Escape <laughs> from Two Orcs in your backpack? I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> something's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it was it was weird that you know when because there's a point where you get you find a backpack and it got all of these ropes in it, and those are the ropes that you use throughout the game um, to uh walk down areas or you know climb up areas um with that but like my thoughts on Ned and Brian I, I kind of felt like they were introduced and then forgotten most of the game same with the mm-hmm. with the teenage girls like they were introduced and then forgotten until like a little bit closer to the end of the game where you find out something. I'm glad you said that, Ed, because part of my struggle, and maybe the girls were a bit more easy to recall because I've I've ex- like interacted with them, 
Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. I, I'll admit, once or twice, I confused these two these two characters' names with the the notes that you'd see in the cachet boxes. Oh yeah. Um, I'm looking at the notes right now. Um, yeah. Dave and Ron. Dave and Ron. Dave and Ron. And, and maybe that's just me being a dumb dumb and too much time between gameplay. No. But like, there was a period where I just confused the two because I felt like they kind of waned in and out of the story to a point where I just, I mean, it really picks up at the end, don't get me wrong, but like in the late, the late beginning and middle, I just kind of. And I think you yes. do that on purpose, of course. So yeah. you, oh, yeah. you kind of, oh, you know, here's just a tidbit. Okay, let's forget about him a little, you know, for a little while. And I uh, try to pin this on other elements within the game. Uh, so you, your head starts spinning. So, you know. Um, there is a part where um, you're just watching the sunset and you're having this dialogue with Delilah. Um and uh, it's it just comes as a day, and I forgot to mention that these things are broken up into days, so they're kind of seen as chapters in a sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so you'll have like day one, day two, day nine, and and everything. Uh, so two months after Henry started his job, a small wildfire breaks out south of his tower, um, and it gives you the option to name this fire. Um, did you guys choose a particular name or did you let the game choose it for you? Um Stephanie, what did you what did you go with? You know what? I am drawing a big blank, so come back to me. I'm like okay. trying to recall <laughs> what that was. I know it, it doesn't for, for being the main reason you're even there, the whole purpose of your job, it doesn't feel like that big of a deal compared to everything else going on in the game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, I picked Flapjack Fire. Flapjack Fire. I did too. That's what I chose also. So I was going to say, yeah, I picked Flapjack Fire first time through because, uh, well, that, you know, again, 50-50 with the flirting. Uh, second time through, it was the was the June, the June fire uh, in mm -hmm. July. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. that. Thank you. Because I'm like, oh, crap, what was it? It was that one, the June fire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Two weeks later, Henry discovers a radio in a clipboard while fishing, with notes including transcripts of his conversation with Delilah. He is beaten unconscious by an unseen assailant and wakes up to find the clipboard and radio gone. In a meadow referred to uh, on the clipboard letterhead, he finds a fence all government research area. He breaks in and discovers the surveillance equipment and typewritten reports detailing his and Delilah's conversations and private lies. He also discovers a tracking device, which he takes with them. Henry and Delilah discuss destroying the government camp, but decide against it. As Henry hikes home, however, someone sets fire to the camp. Now that's, I think this is when the game literally <laughs> takes a turn and gets interesting. Oh yeah. And it's just There's like, Stephanie's aliens. <laughs> Seriously, yep. that part freaked me out so badly. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Uh, like I, I was like you Stephanie the first time I played this game I was like someone's gonna show up someone's gonna murder me I'm about to have to break out a <laughs> yeah. weapon how do you guys feel when your character got knocked out because even though I felt unsettled the entire time I didn't see it coming I'm like ah yeah I didn't see it coming neither it was just like you're because you're on this mission and you're you know you're researching and I and he just like 
while while you're stopping, while you're talking to Delilah, bop, right on your head, and it goes black. And it's just like, what? And, and, and the funny thing is, like, you don't see no footprints. You don't see no shadow. You don't hear anything. It just seems that he was able to sneak up on you and just pop you that way. Uh, go ahead. I wasn't sure if I was going to be in like some sort of Resident Evil style escape scenario, or I don't know. <laughs> I love it. Zombies in the Shoshone National Forest, <laughs> or a cult, or something. Goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also thought it was okay. So, just playing through it again and uh, kind of watching some reviews. Um, I thought it was weird that, uh, you know, she Delilah has this conversation, says it's her superiors. Okay, I might believe that, but um, she's she talks about getting you a new unt- untapped walkie, but walkie-talkies you can't tap. It's based on a channel you mm. have, to, and being a supervisor for what ten years, um, maybe not a supervisor, but working there for ten years, how do you not know that? And then. The other weird thing is, she's like, I'm going to dr- give you a new walkie, but um, I did look on the on the map, and I did confer this with other reviews, that it's past uh, Henry's Tower, a couple miles, and it's like a 15-mile um, journey from Delilah's Tower to this spot, to this box, that she would have to put this walkie in. Why not just drop it off at Henry's Tower? I, it doesn't make sense to me. And he tells she tells Henry to stay in the tower all morning because of the scientists, but does not, um, you know, why, why stay in there and why can she walk from her tower past the scientists, you know, area to this box that is way past Henry's, you know, tower and then walk all the way back. That doesn't make sense. And it almost feels like there was an accomplice that put a walkie there because he has an older walkie. I don't know. It's just really interesting. I wish I was smart enough to think about this at the time I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is, though, I, I want to bring up was is the sequence that um, Delilah is, wake, you know, wakes up Henry in the middle of the night. Henry goes to the radio and starts talking and the voice changes to Julia. Mm. And we're hearing, hearing the talk and everything. Yeah. And while everything is going on, you know, you say good night, Julia. Um, and later on, Delilah asks, Who's Julia? And Henry gets offended. How did you know yeah. this thing? And she mentions to him that, Hey, you told me that over the walkie. And he's yeah. just like, It gives you options on how you respond to that. But do you think this that part was needed in the game? Because it kind of feels like is he missing Julia, or did he just have a, a episode? Um, I was going to say it, it almost brings light to uh, it gives you the reason for her to not talk about Julia and talk about that situation. So I, I think it was needed because Henry probably wouldn't have brought it up otherwise. So she probably wouldn't have known about it. Um, and before I before I pass it off to someone else. I wanted to go back quick from the last one. I also remember that scientist camp, you can directly see, if you turn a certain way, you can see Delilah's tower. So mm-hmm. she could see that area. And if you look at, it was one of the boards. Um, 
I forgot where, but uh, it says that the scientists will return to the site August 15th and they stay till October 15th and it's July. So that means no one should be there. So if Delilah can directly see this camp, she would know if there was actually scientists working in the area and she was quick to say, let's burn this down. And then you can say, no, let's not, or yes, let's do this. And then it burns down regardless of the choice. So, sorry. Mm-hmm. Now you can move no, forward no. with the, the dream sequence. <laughs> no, that, no, this is making me want to play it again with all that in mind. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, because it's... You, when, you, when you look at it, it's kind of just like Henry doing all of these tasks and where things happen around him. But when you know uh, what's going on and then you realize that, oh, hold on, wait a minute. When you start trying to put logic to it, yeah, it kind of changes it, the, it kind of breaks you in yeah. a sense. And it solidifies um, me knowing that Delilah is probably lying and it makes me feel uncomfortable talking to her because I, I feel like she's double agent here talking to probably Ned and this is all occurring. So yeah. Uh Celeste, what did you think of the section? So I'm 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 gonna pull a shame and, and take a little <laughs> a little oh, we're gonna go back a little bit. No, because it's I love this. That's the whole point of talk the walk. Yes. Um so Delilah indicated at she indicates at some point that oh I've been doing this for 10 years I have my food delivered to me because there's a part where Henry has to go and get supplies and he's like well what about your supplies and she says oh they're hand delivered to me so I'm wondering if she's kind of pulling that seniority rope a little bit Mm -hmm. for tenure just that that's just made me think but that is those are great observations Shane thank you for that it's Mm -hmm. making me think differently um so that that research camp I was very scared the first time I played that. Um, I thought somebody's going to find me, so I'm going to have to fight somebody again. And um, I'm so sorry, Ed. Can you repeat what I'm supposed to be talking about? Because I got just, all no, lost no, in no, the conspiracy. Go to the track and see what you think of that section of... Um, oh, the Julia. You know. Julia. Yeah. Oh, um, I think it's very believable because he's probably wrestling with some guilt because, first of all, he's not with his wife. He doesn't know how to handle those things. Um, mm-hmm. He probably feels some kind of attraction to Delilah. Delilah is also very likable. Mm-hmm. She's—I'm not saying she's seducing him, but she—she's very charismatic. She's fun. I mean, I probably fall in love with Delilah. <laughs> she's right. she's very fun. Um, it's his subconscious making him, he's feeling bad he's feeling guilty and this is a discussion i'd like to have after we talk about the game like what what would you do in this situation it's it's kind of with with henry and delilah because delilah kind of asks you know she asks henry why are you working here why why would someone who's from the city do all of this and you're given the option of you know i want to or you know my wife is going through something is sick or not just say anything or has some other option and it's kind of like well that should have been like in the beginning of the game of why are you working here 
because you ask the player, it's kind of it's kind of asking that too. Just like why would someone who drinks a lot, who has a wife that is in Australia with his parents, just up and go and take a job, being you know a, a watcher or something, you know watching fires and everything. Uh, so it's it's just interesting, and then it gets to where the lie is talking about. You know, are you seeing somebody or your your relationship status, your relationship status? And, you know, you can respond and say, hey, I am married. I have a wife and go about that. Or you could be flirtatious with her. It's just like, yeah, like, yeah, uh, you, you something good over there. I wonder what you got going on that I don't know about. Something about you is kind of interesting. Knowing good and well that you're still married, in a sense. So, um, there is a lot of traveling around in the game, but uh, the next day, Henry uses the tracking device to find a backpack with the key to the locked cave. Uh, Delilah reports a figure in Henry's tower. Um, when Henry arrives, he finds a Walkman taped to the door with an incriminating recording of Henry and Delilah's discussion about destroying the government camp. The next day, someone impersonating Henry calls another lookout and claims that Delilah knows the cause of the station fire, putting her and Henry more on edge. So the plot thickens. And I was just like, who has the technology to do all of this. How are people moving around in this forest this quick to do all of these things? You know, and, and so now it, it's getting to more of a thriller and suspense section of the game. Yep. You know, if Delilah is, if Delilah has to be seeing what's going on, she has to be using some kind of binoculars to see what is happening. Like, and you kind of always want, you kind of wonder throughout the game, why does Delilah never leave her watchtower to go help Henry? Yeah, it's at this point in the game, which uh, as you could tell, I'm a little slow and gullible, is where I started getting paranoid about everyone I was dealing with, which was just Delilah, really. <laughs> where I was like, uh-oh, it's that unreliable narrator kind of scenario. Uh -huh. But, and... And I, I really love that you pointed that out, Ed, how it became a thriller. But I, what I appreciate appreciated about Firewatch is you can experience the feels of a thriller without, I don't know, blood, gore, high octane, cars flying off a building type, I don't know, situation. I don't know. But just you're in a serene place and then there's just something, something's like coming after you and it makes you think like, what the hell heck did I do? By now it's like, Definitely not the girls. They're not that, no offense, sophisticated enough to, you know, pull off all these things. At least I would not think so. Mm. Um, and I'm like, what is this individual's goal here? Like, what, like I'm just, why would they want to do this to us? And that's, again, where my mind started cycling. And that's where I started to not trust Delilah myself. Mm -hmm. No, I was still trusting Delilah. I, in my first playthrough, I was still, because I'm just like, you are my supervisor, so I trust you to know what's really going on. So, like, I, I'm just following stuff at your command and it reacting to the best of my knowledge of what I would do as a player. 
compared to what Henry would actually do as the character. Yeah. You know, um, and because when he said he finds a Walkman taped to the door with an incriminating recording of Henry and the London's discussion, who is recording this? Like, right. I, I I don't have a Walkman. A Walkman. I'm like, <laughs> what? What? Because cause the thing about it is just like you have to have some kind of, kind of electricity. But then you'll find out, you know, how that gets, you know, revealed and stuff. We'll get to that a little bit later. But Shane, what did you think about this part? Like, was it was this crazy? <laughs> like, like, what's going on? I think my first playthrough, I I was pretty much, um, I like I said, I, I delve deeper the second time through. So I I just thought, okay, someone's recording the conversations. For sure, it doesn't matter if I have a new walkie that was given to me, even though it was an ancient walkie. Um, but I, I did feel uneasy. I, I didn't know is it the scientist? Is it this mysterious person who is trying to, I don't know, uh, try to come between me and Delilah? Maybe mm-hmm. Ned likes Delilah. I don't know, um, because we do know the history that Delilah seems to flirt with all the watchtower people so i'm i'm just trying to put things together the second time through um the first time i just didn't didn't connect the dots there i just thought it was very creepy um you know i'm out in the wilderness no one should be here why you know why are why is someone listening to my walkie-talkie conversation so all right what about you celeste so the the tracking device is something you find in the scientist camp area and that yeah that just in case we didn't mention that and that it replaces your compass it's really cool you just follow the beeps as they get oh, louder yes. and more frequent you you go in that direction i didn't find this but apparently it can lead you to an elk with a, a tracker mm. around its neck mm-hmm. um i didn't find it did y'all find that i did not i did not no um i i did not see it but i i did watch the that cutscene. Mm-hmm. Is it a big deal? No, it's just not. I I think it's just a cool little nod, you know, trying to uh, see wildlife out there and help help wildlife. So I'm mm-hmm. um, kind of kind of like the later on with the raccoon, but the ra- the raccoon you can discover either early or late in the game. So oh yeah, I didn't. Uh, we'll we'll talk about some Easter eggs later because yeah. there there are so many. Yeah, I um. Gosh, I, I was getting nervous because I thought, oh, Henry and Delilah are screwed. This Someone mm-hmm. is on to them. Someone is going to throw all of this on them. And I'd like to know what someone used to set a fire because there's a lot of sophisticated telecommunication devices at that scientific observation camp. Really mm-hmm. expensive equipment, really nice, <clears throat> uh, up, I guess, at the time, really up-to-date technology. I was... I was worried. I didn't. I didn't suspect Delilah of anything at that point. Yeah, because if, if Delilah but, saw <laughs> that someone was in uh, Henry's tower, you know, I think she, of course she she would say something. But I I kind of would think that. So the way that the tower looks, it looks like you're still able to see the person inside and out going down the stairs. So Delilah should have been able to be like recognize yeah. something with the face because I don't think it, it doesn't sound like Henry had not not Henry um 
the mysterious person had a kind of mask or hat or anything, you know, the visibility should have been there. Yeah. I also find it weird that a fire watch wants to burn down the camp. You know, if you're trying to prevent fires, why you want to burn down the camp? So it, it that seems suspicious to me. Like, why would my supervisor, who is so supposed to protect this uh, national park, uh, recommending that I burn it down? And if I do that, then it looks bad on me because, mm. you know, then I'll be the person that started the fire in the forest <laughs> for a job I was hired to not prevent, you know, to prevent this. So, right. And I'm just like, I kind of wonder the food situation. We know there that there, there is a bathroom in the game uh, right by your tower and the in reality, I think that's the only bathroom that's in the game. Uh, uh, just the one, like I think, two. by Delilah, too. Mm-hmm. There okay. are, like, some outhouses. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to ask you guys, before we get on to, uh, continue to go on, um, so that you did mention that you had to go to a certain box to go get your own food, like your own supplies. But did you guys, were you tempted to take the other supplies, too? No, that's mean. Other people have to eat. <laughs> what other you, people? Right. I don't know. Was, Apparently, there are other there are other lookouts. So I just <laughs> left their food. <laughs> but I'm hungry now. <laughs> okay. Did you guys eat that really old granola bar? I did not. Uh, <laughs> uh no, no. I think I, I, I did. Oh, Ed. <laughs> was it for snack, Tendo? <laughs> Whoa, that's that's dedication right there. That's um, yeah. He's like, oh, at one of the cash boxes, he's like, oh, I found this granola bar, and she said that's probably about five years old <laughs> or something. But I don't know. Did you did y'all take the the extra food? I I don't think I did. No. Well, now I feel ashamed. I did. <laughs> it's like every man for himself out here. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, uh, it seems that, you know, Henry, uh, uses a, the found key to enter the cave, but it's suddenly like the side, uh, unseen, uh, figure deep in the cave. Now this is the sport of one everybody. So <sighs> we're going to reveal kind of why everything is going on. Uh, so you guys ready? Well, there, there are like two aspects to the cave. There's like cave part one, cave part two, <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of. So, oh. Yes. So let's get into this part. So uh, deep in the cave, Henry discovers Brian's body and broken climbing gear before escaping the cave. Delilah is upset by the news. The next day, a vaccination order is given for all the lookouts as the wildfire that Henry has spotted and named earlier has grown out of control. So we kind of find uh, um, uh, Brian's uh, body laying dead on the floor. Uh, And I don't know how long it was that he was there, but... um, Yeah, three years about three years uh 
uh, shout out to Celeste. She left us some good notes. Um, that the 12 year old son of Ned, who lived illegally with his father at Two Forks, he was found on fantasy novels and gang. He was fond of fantasy novels and games like Wizard and Rares. His father wanted him to gain interest in outdoor activities like rock climbing and hiking. During a rock, uh, rock wall climb in K-452, Brian did not secure his piton property, and his rope snapped, causing him to fall to his death. Henry discovers Brian's body. So, it you kind of see his dead body, the climbing gear, and then you go through that part, and you get to a little bit further up, and you see this area that... Uh, I believe Brian designed like it's a, like a little playroom that he designed um, so this is kind of the deaf part in the game um, that we see and speaking uh, of music that Celeste mentioned earlier like the, the 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 crescendo of sound when you see that body ooh, I, mm-hmm. I was shook I was so shook and Henry slows down no matter what you cannot make him run at this part he yeah purpose that the game makes him slowly walk it's i think it's to to let the player take it in on what you discover because um it's it, it plays a part into why things were happening but like i said you don't really have a connection to brian um but you just see the inhumane thing of him like this boy died and because of his death, why didn't nobody go and take that body? So, I you have know. some thoughts on this. So, it, I find it weird that Ned, who supposedly, you know, didn't murder his son, it was an accident, locked Henry in this cave that he might not be able to get out of unless Ned or somebody else lights him out. So, he has to dig through the rocks to get to the next point where the... Um, where his son's body is. Um, so that's kind of weird right there. Um, and then um, I just, I I feel like since he was a military man, that he felt like he lost uh, someone under his watch mm-hmm. and kind of in his own um, state beca- became uh, secluded and, and distant and, and maybe depressed. And um, so another whole mental thing with whatever everyone else is going on with as well in the game. And then I don't think Delilah knew that uh, Brian uh, was dead. I think uh, somewhere in the game uh, it says that she thinks that Brian went back to California for high school or whatever it was. Um, So right there, I think Delilah is shocked. And if Delilah knows that Ned is in the park, um, she's going to feel a little wary of telling everyone that she knows that Ned is there mm-hmm. and uh, she doesn't want to get, you know, in legal trouble mm-hmm. um, with that. So I don't know. Just thinking the second, like again, second time through, I didn't think a lot of about this stuff and just doing a little research and playing it again. I, I feel like there's a lot to think about. Uh, with everyone on this matter so uh, and I, I feel like the dad wanted his son to be like him but was different and you know that's a, a lot like today you know you have a someone in the family that's different 
you try to get them to do, you know do things that you like or uh, be like you, and it doesn't always happen that way. So that's a relatable part, and um, you know, again, as I get older, I'm careful of kind of criticizing how other people handle things, but I still couldn't help but think like, dude, you're such a coward. Your son fell to his death, and I don't know. I, this is this is where my brain goes sometimes. I'm sorry. Like, what if that kid? He likely didn't have an instant death unless he landed straight on his head. He probably was terrified in his last moments of life. Like, and as a parent, so I'm a parent. I'm like traumatized by like by that and i don't know i mean even if there's i don't know what fear you would have of not i don't know but it i struggled with that it's it's so weird but just this section because it could this is could this could have been dlc uh part of what remains of either finch (laughs) the way that it is set up and it's designed like if you had to go through all of that and you found out what was going on and everything, you would you kind of be like, okay, this fits more to this game yeah. than Firewatch, because I'm expecting, you know, uh, he, you know, just think about it. Henry gets locked in, uh, and now bam, there's a fire that's happening, and now you got to try to get out from that fire, mm-hmm. not revealing that. Somebody's kid died in a sense. Uh, Celeste, thoughts? <laughs> I I love the implicit storytelling of you find Brian's little hideout that he made where he would draw. He had a postcard. Oh God, that did y'all read the postcard? I, yes, but I don't remember what was on there. It was um it was something about um like a, to a forest ranger if you find my backpack um i, I don't know how you pronounce it pythons pipe pittens the the things that you put into a rock like yeah. a clasp of some kind i've never gone rock climbing but he's he, brian just sounds like the sweetest little kid and he is telling him please if you find these please mail them back to my address um at, somewhere in nebraska but there's there you also find out that he was living with his grandmother and then I think she passes away. So that's why Ned has to take care of Brian or something. He, yes, I think. I'm, something like that. He, I think uh, Ned also mentions that uh, Brian takes a lightning to Delilah. Yes. And that almost mm-hmm. thinks, for me, it, it makes me feel that um, it was almost like a stepmom type situation where ah. maybe Ned and Delilah were involved. And then Ned pulled away because of this reason, but never told Delilah. That's a great point. That is a great point. Um, Brian is just like, I, I love you see his toys. You see his drawings. He's, you see um, this little, it's supposed to be like a Game Boy. It's a little electronic yeah. game device. Very, yeah. very telling of the time period because it was 1986 when he passed away. But but you're right, Stephanie. I didn't think about that, how it probably wasn't an instant death. And personally, if that would happen to me, I'd hope that it would be instant and I wouldn't be lingering and in pain. But the way you don't, his body is decaying, but you don't see the face. It's buried beneath some rocks. So they, I, I couldn't have handled it if they had shown his yeah. face. Um, yeah. 
Gosh, um, I, I actually had trouble sleeping the first time I played that game. Um, I was I was disturbed. I don't like bodies. I have trouble at funerals. I'll go to them, but I, I I'm very uncomfortable, even though mm -hmm. I know the body's not going to reanimate. It just it's like the uncanny valley where it resembles the person, oh, but it's not really the person. Mm. And I oh, I get a little the heebie jeebies. I, I like the the. A question that you posted in our notes, uh, Celeste. Do you think Ned intentionally killed Brian? Um, I don't think so. Uh, but I think Ned was devastated, you know, that his son fell and died because his Ned's hope was that I want my son to get into this. I, I want him to become a man and do all of this wilderness things. Uh, you know, I don't think that he intentionally did it because I kind of felt like if he intentionally did it, Ned would have messed with Brian's equipment. And, you know, if he was going to do something like that. But Ned was just like, hey, Brian, I want you to... Uh, I want you to come, come climb with me. I kind of want you to do this father and son bonding by us doing these things. Together. Yeah, I don't think it was intentional either. Um, if, if anything, I definitely think that there was some sort of other kind of issue, like maybe neglect, like indirect neglect. Um, it's just not really the healthiest of relationships, which can, can I can at least rationalize why Ned reacted in that way once his son died and just went to full panic mode um maybe due to his past traumas mm -hmm. as well not that i'm giving him a pass for it because he's mm -hmm. still a coward but what are you gonna say shane um you have words I, I don't know like i feel like he uh either brian was trying to prove to his dad that he could do something like this and maybe his dad was like uh you, you got to learn this stuff to be a man that those games and those those things that you're doing are you know silly you you need to learn something life you know changing you gotta go out there and, and prove yourself and maybe then in turn brian wasn't prepared for this climb mm -hmm. uh went out for the climb and then that's when things went wrong because he wasn't prepared he was probably well i'm gonna prove this you know mm -hmm. to my dad that i can do this and tragically it didn't turn out that way so did you guys think that this whole situation would have been a little bit more meaningful if they allowed you to play as brian before your death i i don't know i like the way they tell it quite honestly because yeah. it leaves it i like things being left to my imagination a little mm -hmm. bit um also i I don't know if y'all felt this way, but when Henry first falls at the beginning of the game, I think that's foreshadowing. Ha! Huh. That's, that's brilliant, fine. Celeste. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not brilliant. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> they wouldn't put that there for no reason unless they're like, ha-ha, big man fall down, but I doubt it was that reason. Um, right. I, I think it's I think it's kind of a warning of you're at the mercy of nature. You are. You're, you, are. You, you don't have... Yeah, okay, things can happen, and you can't control it yeah. sometimes. I'm Nature's beautiful, but it's also terrifying. I, I love Mother Nature, but I'm also scared of her, and I don't want to upset her. <laughs> and it just takes one misstep or one something. Yeah. yeah. So I viewed that as foreshadowing the second time I played it. Like, oh, because I knew what happened. Um, But then 
I also kind of, okay. So I had, when I was in college, um, one of my friends, I, I befriended a non-traditional student who would have been a, you know, like about Brian's age at the time this game was taking place. And he was telling me, he goes, he's very nerdy. Love him. Love you, Jeffrey, if you're listening. He said at that time, it was, you weren't accepted as a nerd. Like you probably would have gotten beaten up and mm-hmm. like really phys- physically, verbally abused by other kids. So I kind of wonder what kind of lifestyle Brian had at that time. Like today, most people have no problem saying, yeah, I like video games. Yeah, I like Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. People celebrate it. But back then it was much harder. So I wonder what Brian's life was like at school. And also having your father not approve of you. And okay, this just, while y'all were talking, I'd love to know, do you think, what do you think the last interaction with Brian was like with Ned? Do you think he was fussing him? Like, come on, boy, you can do this. Like, do you think he was being a jerk or do you think it was a good interaction? Like, I think he was, this? I think he was fussing at him because mm-hmm. you got to think he was a Vietnam War mm-hmm. fighter. Yep. So when that army mentality is yep. in you and is stuck with you, you're just, you I feel like Ned had that mentality against Brian that I want to make you strong to be almost like your father because the army made me strong. The war did something to me to make me strong. So Mm -hmm. in order for that to happen, I'm going to pass this down onto you, my child. All that other stuff that you're doing is silly games. You shouldn't be doing it. You got to get strong. But, you know, you got to get strong in a different way. So this is why we got to do this right climb. Get your head get your head out of the clouds and your feet on the ground. Yeah. So it's it's like yeah you, again it's probably both ways. He wants to please his father, and but his father is probably strict. Uh, he's probably uh, wants to be respected by his son and wants his son to listen. And I think that had a hand in how this all played out. So. And it, it's so god of war on ps4 and i'm bringing this game up is because our atreus at one point is trying to prove to kratos that he is strong and kratos just like you got to you know you're not supposed to run into doing stuff and or you're going to get yourself killed but kratos want atreus to be strong in the beginning of the game and this and that happens with narrative when it's set up that way. When one character wants someone else to be strong, that second character is trying to prove themselves to be strong, but then get punished for trying to do something. Yeah, I think that you don't see the compassion, but it, they really are, they really love their their son or daughter. Um, but it's just, it doesn't play off like that because they they just have a different mentality on how you should show your emotion or feeling to that person and you want to protect them, but they probably don't understand that you want to protect them. So. And think about the time period back then, what men were like, uh, no, that sounds horrible. Like a, a generality, but no, no, that, that, <laughs> um, Celeste, don't forget. I was nine years old in 1989. So I was born. <laughs> <laughs> so see, like seeing how men were, because at definitely during that time, you as a kid, you had to do manly stuff. You weren't able to go out and play double dutch or try out for cheerleading or 
you know, be in fantasy stuff or be the sci-fi geek and stuff. Like you wasn't even you if you tried to even be a nerd growing up in that time, you were bullied and made fun of and everything. Because there there was another version or I should say not version. There was a uh stereotype of masculinity that males should have. Every and if you're while growing up, when a man is teaching you stuff, they're teaching you to be masculine and they want you to be masculine. They don't anything else is a distraction or it's going to ruin it because for some men, they fear that it's going to destroy them and it's going to mentally make mentally and physically make them less unattractive to women and stuff like that. So to put all of this on a kid who doesn't know anything about masculinity or anything like that, it's a sense of my dad or this person is ruining me of my childhood. They're trying to make me grow up faster to be a carbon copy of them back in 89. So, and as time has gone now, while we look at it in, in the 2000s, like all of that changed. Like even looking at even looking at it now, it's a big masculinity is has different uh forms and different uh opinions about what it is now compared to what it was back in 1989. Trust me, the stuff that people as males will be doing today wouldn't even have be allowed to be done in 1989. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, uh, in fact, Shane, Stephanie, where were you at in 1989? Well, I was born in 1985, so four. Oh, depending so on the month. I was one. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was a youngin'. Oh, I'm so old. I was entering the world. <laughs> I was still playing Nintendo, getting ready for the Sega I, Genesis. Ooh, good googly moogly. I was I getting ready to play it. Zelda. <laughs> so, nineteen uh, been nineteen eighty nine, late at nineteen eighty nine when I was five, I think that's when was I played that's... Zelda two for the first time. Oh goodness, I remember going to the furniture furniture <laughs> store and getting Zelda two. And... Ah. That's awesome. Well, Gosh. you know, it's funny because I I have a son, right, and um, I'm very middle of the road with all the kind of gender identity and stuff like that, that there's a lot of discussion about now, but the way I take my approach to parenting, which is different than any other person's approach is, you know, just, I don't really impose any gender stereotypes on him. Like he's a biological male and whatever he chose, he chooses to play with trucks when he was a kid. Fine. Whatever. I don't care. I offer to paint his toenails. He doesn't like it. But, But the point is, is he's a very artistic child. He loves drawing. That's like his number one favorite thing to do. He loves to draw. Um, he doesn't play D and D's too young, but he like watches me um, when I play. He loves Zelda. He was Link two years in a row for Halloween. I think this year he wants to be Ash from Pokemon. Like nice. if if I transplanted him to maybe when I was born, he would yeah definitely got the crap kicked out of him. Like it's just different. It's sad. It's yep. um. I mean, the world is not perfect yet, but I think we're moving yeah. in a, a better direction at least. Um, yeah, gosh, poor Brian. I feel like we could talk about him all day. Yeah, I want, I want, like, as a memorial. And I, I'm not like a super religious person at all or anything, but 
that's so disrespectful to his body. Like, yes, that's something mm-hmm. just yeah. leaving it rot there. Yeah. yeah. Oh. You know, if, if as the dad, I would have at least, you know, made a grave, something. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Shane. Put, how Thank hard is you. it to tie two sticks together to make it look like a cross and put it right there? I, I don't get it. You know, if you're trying to hide the fact that you're a terrible dad for doing that, at least do the bare minimum and, and uh, respect your, yeah. your son. And it's not even like it doesn't have to be a religious thing, too. Like in the yeah. army, like you're you're really supposed to be trained to take care of your brothers when they fell. Yep. Yeah. Right? And that, that, that was like you're you were a Vietnam War vet. How did you not? do this that and how did how did no one discover this for three years did people not go into that cave i get it was locked but you can't tell me the powers that be did not have Never access checked in on it yeah I don't... henry was just uh in the right setting and time to to mess mess up his uh his peaceful habitat or not peaceful habitat i don't know it makes me so mad yeah it makes me so mad where right, we're going to get into the last portion of it. Um, as Henry prepares to leave, the tracking device begins beeping. He follows the signal and discovers a tape from Ned. Ned claims that Brian's death was accidental and that the boy fell due to climbing inexperience. Unwilling to return to, to society after Brian's death, Ned secretly lived in the area ever since. Choosing to venture deeper into the wilderness, Ned warns Henry not to look for him. Henry finds Ned's makeshift bunker, along with items stolen from the government camp, the lookout towers, and the teenage girls, who Delilah confirms have been found safe. The government camp was simply studying wildlife. Ned had been using his radio equipment to ensure that no one was looking for him and to create transcripts to scare Henry away. Despite Ned's confession, Delilah blames him for Brian's death and leaves on the rescue helicopter. Henry goes for her tower, and he and Delilah say their goodbyes via radio before Henry evacuates. So, Henry, I mean, Ned was doing all of these things to the girls and to Henry. Um, you know, to scare him off so that he wouldn't be able to find, uh, Henry wouldn't be able to find Ned. Because uh, Ned kind of, it kind of seems that Ned was very uh, paranoid. Um, about all of this stuff. So he was doing everything that he can to scare him. So uh, with, everyth- with all of that being revealed, you know, and I think the girls, um, I think they left camp and they were walking somewhere uh, to like a bus stop or something because uh, they weren't kidnapped or anything. They, no. they hijacked a farmer's tractor. Yeah, that's what it was. They were okay. um, in the jail for a little bit, little <laughs> little rebellious girls. What what's the word? What's um, I can't think of a word for them. How would you describe them? Ruffians. Uh, I don't know. Ruffians. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ragamuffins. <laughs> so um, that's kind of how the rest of the game goes. What did you guys think about this? Oh, how they wrapped this game up. Uh, so let's uh, so start with you. Oh Lord. Oh God, get ready. Um, <laughs> so you can a- so you can actually not go on the helicopter if you wait too long. It can yeah. leave without you, which I'm like, what the heck? You are standing right there. Why would you just leave this person right here? Whatever. Okay. Um, I like that you don't get to see Delilah. Again, I like things being left to the imagination. Um, you can explore her camp. And at one point when she's asking you to describe yourself, you can look at the drawing and see how she drew you 
based on your descriptions of yourself. Um, gosh, I kind of, I kind of hope that uh, I'm assuming Julia is going to pass away young. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be kind of neat if Henry and Delilah would meet later on in life and just, you know, maybe not necessarily get married, but just hang out, just have that finality. But I like for the game, I like how it's tied up. Um, I do like Ned's bunker. That is intense. I want him on my side at the end of the world, please, for an apocalypse. He knows what he's doing. You get to. Yes. So I think he does care about Brian because you see these little trinkets from Brian in Ned's um, bunker, like a, a Father's Day card. You see a picture of Brian. I think he just didn't know he wasn't emotionally intelligent enough to deal with everything. I I think I kind of like how everything wrapped up and I agree with you. I, I really hope that Delia and Harry get together, like become a couple and uh, Julia dies, you know, um, just laughing. Cause you're like, I hope Julia dies. <laughs> right, cause, cause I, cause I, I kind of feel like, Henry didn't give us anything about Julia. And it feels like he ran, he's been running away from the situation and doing his best to forget Julia because now he feels like Julia forgot about him in a sense. And yes, you do get that one brief moment of envisioning her voice, but there should have been times that, you know, in this situation, Julia should have been speaking uh as um as Henry's subconscious and we didn't get any of that so I kind of feel like since Delilah was his only kind of person to talk to and relate to and speak about things it only felt fitting when it comes to our loving relationship kind of thing for the for the story I'm saying that he go be with Delilah because it looks like they're on the same level. And it might be like, this is what I kind of used to have with Julia. And I wish it was the same thing with her. But I feel like all of that faded away, faded away with Julia. Um, and I'm feeling that, uh, I'm feeling that energy, that vibe that I once had with Delilah again. I'm feeling youthful in a sense with Delilah. Um, Shay. Well, I feel like Ned is trying to, well, first show that he did care about his son. Um, he was ashamed of what transpired. Um, but also, I think he was trying to have entertainment value with messing with Delilah and Henry. Uh, because I think somewhere in there, he, he said he's tired. He's read all the books that he can read, and he, you know, he's getting kind of antsy wants to do other things um and then delilah leaving um before you get there i feel like uh she wants to avoid that conversation of so you did know that ned was here but you didn't tell me and now that um brian has been revealed that he had died it really makes for a awkward situation. Um, and then Celeste said that the other ending is you do not have to get on the helicopter. A thought I had was, is Henry doing the same thing as Ned? Is he 
going to stay in the forest and hide out and do the same thing Ned did. Um, I, I don't know that, but it just, he does walk back to his truck in the other version, but if he doesn't get on the helicopter, what happens then? So it almost, uh, to me, is like um, Ocarina of Time with the split timeline. Uh, does this happen yeah. or does this happen? Uh-huh. We need a book for this now, and we need to know you know, the the meat behind it. What what y'all, is going on? You better, on? better so. write it. Write it. <laughs> exactly. Or, or Stephanie, she her novels are inspired by Ocarina of Time. One and oh, done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. I do have more to say, but I'll wait till everyone responds because I, I, I want to kind of talk about the Julie um, situation. Okay, and Stephanie, what are your thoughts on this situation? Um, so quickly on, on the bunker, I mean, it was pretty cool, but just something I, I would expect from a character of that type, just... Um, not that all, not that anyone that would just come from a war be paranoid and have a bunker because there's lots of people who are paranoid and have a bunker. Um, but I'm just saying, like, it makes sense. I took a lot of pictures there. Um, even though he had some trinkets of his son, I just still don't feel bad for him. Um, I feel like this 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 poor guy, well, this guy has been reduced to being like I don't know, just a shell of himself. Um, and I'm like, so you're just going to live the rest of your life just hanging out here and spooking people off? Like, what What have you become? Um, trying to run away from the forest, like, even though I know, like, no matter how slow I walk or something, I'm not going to die in this game, but I did feel a bit panicked. Looking back on it now, I'm glad that I didn't get to meet Delilah in person, but when, but I, at, in the moment, I was very frustrated. Because, I had the same thought the first time through, like, uh-huh, why, uh-huh. I, I felt something was missing because I didn't understand what was transpiring because I enjoyed the playthrough without really thinking about it. So. Exactly. And, like, part of me is like, goodness, it obviously Delilah is real, but it, it almost makes me feel like, now I'm doubting myself. Is she not a real person? Like, cause I never get to see her. There's no proof that she's there. <laughs> <laughs> so I think those are just some key points that stuck out to me during the ending. And I did get on the helicopter and I did see the draw, the, the drawing of myself. I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm not that handsome. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so didn't look there, like right? Stephanie at all. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know what Shane wants to say. I have so many I, thoughts uh, as well. Okay, well, so okay, so say what's up? Well, I thought you had something to say, Ed. So um basically, um I just feel like the uh parallels between uh the fire and dementia have a, a lot going on there. So I feel like um Henry becoming a fire watch, being isolated, um feels like the situation as you are slowly losing the ability to remember things um, that isolation is setting in there's nobody to talk to there's you know you you know it's just like you can't interact with people and remember that those interactions um the second thing is um like a a flare-up a fire flares up it's it's like a flare-up for dementia you just it happens you you have to be careful with it and it just can encompass you Uh um and then the 
paranormal horror type atmosphere, which this sets up, um, I feel like simulates the uh, a person suffering with dementia because it probably is scary. It probably you, you don't know yourself what's going on, and you probably won't remember as time goes on uh, who people are and um, how they affect your life and who who they are in your life. So. Um, and then I feel like, like even like smoke, smoke from a fire, uh, it kind of clouds judgment. You, you have the ability to f like not focus as well. Um, you're suffocating. Uh, your memories are are going, um, and that's the product of the fire that rages in your mind. So if you, I, I just feel like there's so many parallels with fire and dementia that could be underlying this whole game. That's beautiful, Shane. Wow. That is beautiful. I love that so much. That's a really good analysis. That and, really um, is. Yeah, this game, you know, at first glance, when someone sees a game like Firewatch, it's like, oh, it looks like a boring game where you just look for fires. I think we kind of cycled back to that. Yeah. But no matter how many playthroughs, and now I'm really grateful I'm having this discussion with you. It's, what's it? It's in like an intrack. Like, it's like an onion. It has many, many layers. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, so, and every, everyone, uh, Eddie got kicked off, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to keep going. But if I could just say one thing. I don't know if he'll get to it. I hope it's okay if I say it now. Absolutely. The only thing that kind of bothered me, and it's just like a me thing, and I don't know, makes uh, was like, because you don't, when you play in first-person view, so you only, like, see your hands and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. His hands are so blocky. I don't know. Like, everything about this game was gorgeous, but, like, his character, like, hands just bothered me so much. If you play the tour, there are little sections. It'll kind of freak you out at first. Um, when you play the tour, they'll actually have sections where they've set up mannequins and uh, models of Henry. Oh. It's really cool. You've done the tour, Shane? I didn't do it all the way through. I, I started it, and then I, uh, I wanted to go back to just the main game to play a second time through for this talk, so I didn't get mm -hmm. any real insight, um, but I did start at the beginning and then kind of stopped at like chapter two ish. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well, I will play it with that mode on next time. And I just realized now, and that's my own fault is that the PlayStation five can't load. Um, like when you buy games, like a special collector's editions of games, mm -hmm. you can get like their background or something like that. Yep. Firewatch yep. is a really nice, like background aesthetic. And I got it for that, and then I found out that PlayStation 5 doesn't support it. Yeah, it's, ah. it's weird. It uh, They just take the game, and when you play it, they have, like, a art piece behind it when you load it up. But there's no, like, you know, customization like you would on 3 or 4, so. Yeah, I loved it, because I had Oxenfree up for my PS4, and I was looking forward to having the Firewatch version. I don't. Maybe they'll fix uh, it. Yeah, I oh, hope God. it's part of the thin update, so. God. So... So, so everyone, I don't know if Eddie's going to jump back on, so I will assume his role. <laughs> All right. Uh, just listeners, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's what happens. Again, we're going to have to just get a nice big studio somewhere where we can all congregate and record these <laughs> episodes. I know, I know. So just some things I want to talk about. Uh, I did not, I, my first playthrough and my second playthrough, I could not find the turtle. Did y'all find the turtle? I didn't. I did. Where I was he? Uh, on a rock, I think, uh, on the way to the lake, if I remember right. And uh, I chose Shelley Duvall as the name. Aww. 
we can name him that or Turt Reynolds. Turt Reynolds, yeah. Turt Reynolds, I love that. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, uh, the developers have a, a cute little cassette recording about the, the turtle. It's, it's fun. I love listening to their banter. Um, so I didn't do this, but I did watch a video where someone yeets the turtle over the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly can fly. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awful. That's of awful. course someone would do that. Of yeah. course. Of course. Um, so there are also some really cool, this is just coming to me right now. Like if you, there are spots in the game, you don't, you're not really pointed to, but you can explore. There's a medicine wheel mm-hmm. you can go to. Um, welcome back, Ed. Skype literally crashed and kicked me out. I've That's okay. We were, t- we were talking about what we would do if you... we had to be a fire watch with you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you were gone, Ed. <laughs> so ed did you find the turtle mm, yes i did okay, i did find did the you, turtle what did you name it i actually named the turtle cory oh you named the turtle cory you can name oh, wow. it cory that's awesome now i feel bad i, I should <laughs> name it my best friend <laughs> <laughs> and, and then eat it off a cliff <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just Whenever you get mad, take that. Take that. I love that. <laughs> See, um, this is the thing. I am very bad with this kind of stuff in video games. I don't know if it's because of my limited time playing, I tend to rush, but I miss all these small, awesome things that if I did find them, I would love it. I just, I never do. They're hard. And apparently the turtle can be found in multiple mm-hmm. locations. I, I looked at a guide to try to help me. Still couldn't find it. I didn't I find know. the elk either. Um, so this is something else. So the I love these little just little touches, little details in a game. You can towards I don't know what day it is, but there's a moment where Henry has taken his wedding ring off, which mm-hmm. is a, again implicit storytelling. You can decide to put it back on or you can just leave it off. And it, he does that regardless of whether or not you're flirting with Delilah, which let's let's have a big discussion here everybody. We're going to have a big discussion. What do you think you would do in Henry's situation? And I know it's probably it's very difficult unless you are in that situation. It's hard to say right here, right now, this is what I would do. So I let him keep it. I let him keep it all because the and when you look at the reality of what Henry would do, is that this is the last thing I have left of my wife. If I take this ring off, I have nothing from her. I have some memories, but Memories could only last so long because I'm like, what if something happens to me and I lose my memory? Then I have nothing of her. Hmm. It's poignant. <sighs> Stephanie? Please don't judge me. No, that, no. I mean, um, this, is, this game brings out so many important conversations. Well, I'm not, I'm not a cheater. Like, I'm not, in, in real life, I'm not all about like, hey, let zip code rule like um, <laughs> but like i think the, my approach was i don't know why i assume this i'm like i am never going to actually do the deed with delilah like it's never going to go that far and i and when i say i am speaking as me playing as henry like i went all i you know i left i'm already i already left my wife in australia it's really difficult like marrying the love of your life and then just the world crashing down on you. Maybe my 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 mind space is not right. Um, so I know it almost seems kind of like the opposite of like Ed's rationale. We're like, it's okay to just like 
put some space there. Like, just because I'm taking the ring off doesn't mean, like, I'm throwing it in the garbage and I declare myself not married. It's just, like, I'm giving myself some time to heal. And, again, don't judge me, but I'm, like, a little bit of flirting just, just to kind of, like, I don't know, just... As long as it's innocent and you don't do anything, I think it's okay. I think Henry just kind of maybe needs it to kind of get his mind off things. As long as it never escalates that far. I'm sorry, I'm a bad person. Oh, no, no, you're not a bad person. Um, you, it's hard to judge people unless they're in that situation. Um, well, that's why all- I kind of want to be kind to him on that. You know, like, there's a little bit of room of flexibility there. And you know what? If it's just a little innocent flirting keyword innocent you know like it mm-hmm. do what you Did, got to do have y'all ever read the book mrs fletcher by tom parada mm, um nope. this this reminds it's not exactly the same but there's a scene where towards the end of the novel um a woman is falling in love with a man and his wife has passed away had passed away a while back and he's confessing to her how guilty he felt well this is an adult topic so if your kids are listening i'm, I'm really sorry but he while his wife was dying of cancer he would look at pornography and he felt guilty doing it. And there was a time in my life where I would have been like really harshly judging someone for doing that. But as I've gotten older, not that I've been in those situations, but I can, I'm kind of like, you know, maybe I should approach people with more sympathy and try to understand that life is not black and white and you don't know what someone's going through and everybody deals with things differently. And Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. It's black and white. Like, there's one thing between, sorry, we're now talking about pornography, but I'm just an example. Like, that's another thing. Like, like, that's the worst thing you can do to someone. It's more like, you know what, if you watch it every day and it's affecting your intimate life with your significant other, that's an actual, that's an actual problem. Like, a psychological. Yeah, any kind of addiction. Yeah. Versus, like, if it, well, again, we're not getting the details. So it's, you know, it's not black (laughs) and white. It's great. Yes. Yes. And I hope I never, I'm never in the situation where my partner is in like a coma or something, but this is going to sound horrible. The living still have to go on living. That's, that sounds, that's, I don't mean that in a heartless way. I mean that in a, I, if I, if I would go into a coma, I'd want my partner, like, please, I want you to be happy. You, you have such a limited amount of time on this earth. Like if you, I want you to enjoy yourself. I don't know. <laughs> Stephanie, I feel like a horrible person now. Well, Shane, what do you what do you think? Well, me again projecting myself in Henry. <laughs> I kept the ring on. Um, death to his part type thing. I kept. I did keep the um, ring on. Yeah. You know, it again. I you know, there's certain dialogue that I chose, and it's it's a game. Okay, so it's a game. So it it just I felt like. Uh, like how Eddie said, it, it's just like uh, I feel like it's it's something that re- reminds me that I still have a wife. She's not gone yet, and I'm not gonna put myself out there until something would transpire. And uh, so I don't know. It's just me projecting myself again through Henry and how how my personality is. So yeah. And I think that's that's the beauty of this game and just life in general. Everybody approaches things in a different way. And it's hard to say until you are in that situation. You really can't yeah, yeah. say, this is exactly Absolutely. what I would do. I have a plan. Yep. God, this got really heavy. <laughs> that's a thing. Well, <laughs> so 
I I know uh your that she was going through some uh parts of it. Um, Ron and Dave, and their love. Yeah, speaking of romance. I after I read about like read about it because at, at a point in time I just stopped going to the safe the little safe things and just stop I just like forget this I got to get through this game. Mm-hmm. I kind of was interested into their story and when I when I read like what was going on and stuff I kind of found that oh this is a video game all in itself that I would love to play for Talk to Walk like I would love to see. Uh, a person falling in or having feelings for someone else, and then you know they're not uh, reciprocated back to them, and then <laughs> something like like it was like it was just it's amazing about their love life. Like mm-hmm. I'm hinting that you know I have feelings for you, but I have to hold them back because now I find out that you love someone else. And you ran off with them. Yep. Which didn't work out anyway. So, right. And then I would pick up from there. What happens if Dave, Dave and Ron met again? Is that a is that Firewatch two? Electric mm-hmm. boogaloo. And then and then I was gonna say <laughs> Henry would be the one messing around with uh, them. <laughs> oh, I didn't think it was that funny, but I'm glad. It I love that laugh. So joyous. Uh, uh, Ed, I didn't think it was that funny. That, that broke before a second because like, <laughs> she was quick on that. She's a good one. I'm uh, sorry, Shane. What were you yeah, saying? I'm sorry, Shane. Oh, I was just gonna say then Henry could play Ned's role in that <gasps> whole thing. So maybe Henry's just like, oh, I need to mess with somebody. So let's do what Ned did. <laughs> and, like and, and maybe and maybe Henry actually gives um, Brian a proper funeral and burial. Uh, I don't know. I wonder. I don't know. So many questions. So okay, who's ready to sign up to be a Firewatch? I'm good. Uh, I was in Boy Scouts for many years. I've done many things, and uh, I don't think. <laughs> Um, in this point in time of life that I want to do any of that again. Uh, camping's fun, but um, you can do that on a weekend and then come back home. <laughs> um, I wasn't built in or created for that, so <laughs> no. I, it just occurred to me, I was like, where does Henry shower? Does he just use the little cistern and the, the spout outside? Yeah, that's what... He uses that skinny dip, like, just goes down there and hops in. So, not, I mean, Stephanie will probably understand what I'm talking about. There are certain things we ladies deal with um, biologically that I would not want to be dealing with in the woods. Mm, no. Ugh. Nope. Ugh. I'm good. Just, I'm, I like deodorant. I like, I like makeup. I like the comforts of technology. <laughs> Dude, even I, I just the act of showering is just yeah. something I need. And if it's just mm-hmm. that one porter potty, and how often do these porter potties get cleaned? Or outhouses. Sorry, outhouse. Yeah. No. Most likely clean them yourself. Um, I would just pick a random I, place and squat. Oh, that's my girl, Stephanie. We're going camping together. So <laughs> I'll block I, you. <laughs> I went to, uh, I was up in Canada with my, my grandpa when his um, 
grandchildren turned 12, he would bring them up to Canada. We'd fly out on a water plane and land oh. at a cabin and we'd stay there for a week with nothing besides the cabin and, you know, some fuel sources and stuff. And, you know, it, it just like that week was amazing. Like the fish is good. It just, you toss in your lure, a fish comes out. It doesn't matter if it's this big or this big. You and then you make um, like little areas to put your fish and try to keep the bears away and the moose. And um, I just feel like a week was long enough. I maybe I could do two weeks, but if I was out there for three months, I don't think I would enjoy that. Uh, maybe, maybe I don't know. Um, now, if I was if I was struggling with living arrangements and this was a opportunity to have a place to live at uh mm-hmm. and the only requirements is to do this job maybe i'm packing my bag so i'm gone deuces yeah. just I, I just need to know if i can have internet service so i can record my no podcast and absolutely I, not <laughs> i was just gonna say you you gotta bring your switch and then you gotta have a solar powered um like either a, I got a solar powered thing you could just lay on the grass and it could charge your phone or whatever but that would be what I would do <laughs> I think so well, I hate to say it but you know what else I'd be afraid of for taking that job is because there's really nothing to do I'd probably like find a way to entertain myself and actually not pay attention to my job oh I love it and the fire will, fire will burn the forest down like that'll that would happen to me absolutely yeah I I, I've never been tent camping. I've only been in campers, like or wow. RVs or whatever. So, your girl is a weenie. I can't do it. Mm. I, I took shame, a wilderness survival merit badge in Boy Scouts, and I had to sleep out in the woods and make my own shelter. And it was not ideal. There's gnats. Uh, I had a big frog fall on my face while I was sleeping. Um, I was the smart one because in Boy Scouts, be prepared. I brought a pillow and a blanket. My th- two other friends who came along, one brought a pillow, one brought a blanket. So all night we were rotating the blanket and the pillows because it was so cold. And so nobody slept. It really it really was <laughs> not ideal. But um, yeah, I, tent camping is actually really nice compared to that. So. Uh, 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 uh. Shane, you are hardcore. I want you on my side for the apocalypse, please. Well, that's what I had to do to become an Eagle Scout. So that was lots of stuff that we did. <gasps> oh, wow. Well, everybody, I guess uh, anything else? Did we? I think we covered everything. Uh, well, what did you guys say? Is this a recommendation or is this something... Uh, to walk by, you know, is it? Do we talk it or do we walk it? Uh, Stephanie, I'm gonna start with you. You gonna talk it or walk it? Definitely talk it. I recommend it thoroughly. And I'll be honest with you, like the very beginning part, like you know how we talked about those chapters in those days. It did start a bit slow for my personal taste, but it picks up, and that's why I say, you know. It depends if a person likes a fast-paced game or not, but the quality of the game, where it ends up leading to, um, mm. makes it of highest quality, and everyone needs to at least try it once, and that's why I highly recommend it. Okay. Celeste, you going to talk it or walk it? 100% talk it. It's it's a beautiful game, and it really makes... It's not only graphically beautiful, but the story and just the layers, like we said, like the onion layers, it's it's so cool. It's not what you think it's going to be yeah. at, at all. 
Yes. Okay. Shane, you talking it or walking it? I'd like to call it, I'd like to talk the walkie because this is definitely a good, good game. Um, uh, I recommend it to anyone. Um, it's, it's one of those like uh, indie games that kind of changed a lot for me um, in my life playing other games. And it's kind of one of my first walking sims. Um, that's how I got interested in Life is Strange and a few other games along those lines. So um, definitely ch- check it out, play it, enjoy it. Okay, so at first, before we recorded this episode, when we played it a long time ago, I wanted to walk this game because of that stupid map. And that compass. (laughs) That map and compass was confusing. It messed me up. I was getting lost. There's one section in the game that um, I I made my TV in the game brighter and I still got lost because it was so dark in the game. I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. But after... You know, getting over the map and stuff and taking the time with the narrative and the characters and, you know, just taking it in as if for a game, definitely talk it um, for me. Uh, I, I believe it's a really great game. Um, it does have some replay value, I will say. If you miss some things, it's something that you could go in and actually replay and try to find it. Um, even when you know everything from a main story like point of view but like there's side stuff on there that you can learn about the game um so we all talk to talk it everybody we all recommend this game and for our next game though i'm going to let celeste introduce this next game because she recommended it and we were supposed to do it in october uh last year but certain things happened and we weren't able to do it uh, so we're going to re- recommend this game, and then we're going to also recommend the next game. So Celeste, what is the next game for Talk the Walk? Sagebrush. It is, if you are a fan of cults, uh, not like being in them, but like the stories <laughs> of them. <laughs> like Jonestown, um, Heaven's Gate. Um, trailer Parks. Trail. <laughs> um, I, I highly recommend it, but uh, we're going to talk about that next. Yes. Nice. And following that, we are going to be doing the Life is Strange series. Now, I must, <laughs> I must ask the panel, which one do we want to start with? Do we want to do the first one or do we want to do True Colors? I don't think I really have a right to vote, but I'm the first one sounds cool. Okay. Yeah. So I think everybody... we in order. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe so. So we're gonna do so just to give everybody a heads up, Sagebrush is the next game. We're gonna go into Life is Strange and then Life is Strange 2 and then Life is Strange True Colors. That's gonna be our next talk the walks that you guys will be able to play, write down, and get your notes and enjoy. Um, Are you going to do Before the Storm as well? Um, I. How long is it? Is it because I know that's it's, DLC it's for the, the prequel first. for Life is Strange, so it's oh. just as long. Yeah, about like so. five hours, five six hours maybe. Um, that's definitely worth talking about too. So we could do it. That's fine because I think the uh. Is that is that collection out yet? Yeah, it's it should be out. I don't know if it's on Switch, but it definitely is on the other platforms. 
Okay. Yeah, if, if the collection is out and they have it, yeah, we'll do that one. I think we'll probably do that along with the first game. Um, just to get everything connected. And then do the second game by itself. And then do the third game. So, everybody, Sagebrush, uh, Life is Strange, and uh, the prequel, Beyond, Beyond the Storm. Life is Strange 2 and Life is Strange 3 Shoe Colors. As we head on out, or as we walk away from this discussion, Stephanie, where can we find you? People can find me on the internets on Twitter and Instagram at Klimov, K-L-I-M-O-V underscore author. My articles on BossRush.net and on various podcasts, including Wednesday nights with the Boss Rush podcast. Yes. Shane, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at StillSaneShane. Um, you can find my articles on the Boss Rush Network, and you can find my articles at Another Zelda Podcast. Yes, and Steph, you guys can find also Stephanie at Another Zelda yes. Podcast. Sorry <laughs> about <Celeste>. that. <laughs> Celeste, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at FairyCrypt, F-A-E-R-I-E-C-R-Y-P-T. I also have an Instagram, but if you want to follow me, you're going to have to send me a request. Please send me a message because I'm getting so many bots and crypto bros yeah. on Instagram. Oh, no. So mine's private, so you have to kind of indicate, hey, um, I listen to your podcast or whatever. And I'm also with another Zelda podcast, and I also help with the 1v1 interviews with Boss Rush. You can find, can find me on Twitter at ThatBretchCo and on Instagram and on our Discord at Boss Rush. Um, you can also check out more Talk the Walk episodes on YouTube. Check out Nintendo Power Block and Nintendo Expansion Pass on YouTube. Um, if you guys want to help us, at Boss Rush Network, we have a Patreon. You know, you can get you do one dollar. We help you get the shows early, but a five dollars will make you a Patreon producer for um, Boss Rush. Help us produce some good shows. Uh, become one of our supporters. With that, everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next time on Talk the Walk. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye.